Slower, Bonnie. Slower. That's it. was missing his cigarettes at the beginning of the film so that's supposed to be like that's a clue yeah but uh i don't know maybe he just lost them i still think it was all real (laughs) (laughs) i'm on leonardo's side in this one you need to listen to dicaprio more yeah his boston accent is about as good as your girlfriend's (laughs) 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 talking about the yard oh boy but uh I don't want to talk about yards no more. I want to talk about pawn. Pawn? Pawn. How do they say pornography? That's more of like in, a... That's in more Boston? Like a, yeah, I slipped into more of like a New York, like, Jewish voice there at the end. I'm not good at keeping a character running. I'm not good at accents at all. Yeah. Me either, and that's why... Even that like, one... That, I could do weird voices and keep that weird voice consistently, but it's not like... A particular impersonation or impression. That neutral accent that I was working on last week is, uh, I can't even do that one anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I just kept sliding into like a Swedish uh, voice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they're not neutral. Swiss, though. Not really neutral either, when you think about it. In what way? Uh, they're just holding all that money. Really. Just, you know, okay. that's not neutral. That's fair. Uh, you know, that, that's what I think. And if you're Swiss and you think you're neutral, write to me. <laughs> uh, well, once again, welcome to the Raincoat Report. This is Boss here with Jeremy. It's the only podcast that will antagonize listeners of specific nations, <laughs> one by one. Yeah, with our level of podcasting success, the last thing we need to do is start going after our listeners uh, individually or in uh, national or ethnic groups. Okay, that's fair. Um, What we should do is take a long, hard look at the nature and practice of psychiatry. From Shutter Island to this week's feature... Oh, yes. Uh, Anyone but my husband. Yes. 1975's Anyone but my husband, directed by the uh, great, well, at least uh, of of great volume, director Roberta Findlay. Mm Mm-hmm. She she directed many films. She did. This is, uh, is this a recent release from uh, one of those sets they've been putting out? Uh, this came from Vinegar Syndrome, I believe, early this year. Okay. Yes, this was a double feature of Anyone But My Husband and one other film, which I can't remember off the top of my head. There's so many. But uh, Roberta Findlay featured before, obviously, uh, Altar of Lust, uh, Woman's Torment. Yes. Um, I'm to think of... We covered one other film I by her. I feel like we did at least one more. Oh, uh, uh-huh. Mascara. Okay. She co-directed with uh, Henri Pichard. That's right. Did she do The Haunted Pussy? Or was that... Uh, no, that was Doris Wishman. I get them... I'm sorry. I'm trying not to be... <laughs> I don't know. Their names are just... I don't know. I can't ever separate them. They're one person to me. Yeah, well, they're both... Important women in the history of exploitation films, and both, there aren't a whole lot of those. Yeah, both prolific. Yes, both prolific, and I would say their output's very different, but of similar uh, budget. <laughs> yeah, definitely, I, I could say that, yeah. Uh, um, Doris Wishman is the one who's been having the box sets put out all year, right? Yes. Okay, sorry. Yeah, but uh, Roberta Findlay, uh husband of Michael Findlay. <laughs> Michael Finley, who was killed by the propeller of a helicopter. That's so fucking cool. <laughs> like, I can't think of, like, a word. 
Helicopters just seem so deadly. Yeah. Being in them, around them, they don't seem good. Uh, Kobe. Yeah, Kobe. Vic, Vic Morrow and those kids. Sliced in half. Oh, yeah. Uh, Michael Findlay. Yep. I think it's time to abolish helicopters. <laughs> I think it's time to talk about today's cast. Yes, so... The cast of today's film, uh, which again was released by Vinegar Syndrome this year, it's a double feature with Sweet Pumpkin. Oh yeah, I don't like the name of that one. I don't want to watch it. Okay, but we probably will. I mean, (laughs) may as well. Might as well. We'll watch it next week. Okay. (laughs) Um, Anyone but my husband has a luxurious cast, uh, headed up by the lovely C.J. Lang. Mm Mm-hmm. Who, uh, she was in uh, Barbara Broadcast, right? Barbara Broadcast, um, yes. I know I've seen her in other things. I can't She's remember. She's been in a couple other things we've watched, but she, this is, I think, her first, not her first, like, leading role, but this is, like, another one where she's, like, the lead. Right. And uh, she does a wonderful job here as Nora, who is married to the uh, titular but my husband uh, Sam, husband. <laughs> Sam, uh, played by Robert Kerman, aka Arbola, mm-hmm. and I think is what is supposed to be his first appearance. Oh, really? Yeah, that's what I think I saw. Uh, maybe in like the little trivia section, or maybe in a review. Nice. It's very nice. He's uh Oh yeah, IMDb says it's the adult film debut of him. Yeah, so. you know he comes out swinging. To be honest, yeah, he does. It's it's quite a character he's playing. Yeah, <laughs> and he goes for it. Yeah, he really does. Uh, who else we got? Well, in addition to those lovely people, we also have Jennifer Jordan as Sylvia, who uh, you'll remember from, amongst other things, the Naughty Victorians. Ah, uh, yes. And speaking of which, oh, the wonderful and talented Beerbone Tree, the star of. The Naughty Victorians mm-hmm. uh, makes an appearance as Nigel in this film, and Excellent. he has his own bag of tricks yes. as well. Yes, <laughs> Nigel's making plans for you. That's uh-huh. a it's <laughs> an XTC song. It's making yeah. plans. I did it in reverse. It's pretty cool. Thank you. <laughs> I had to explain it. I feel like it was just obscure enough that it might never land. Yeah, well, I wanted I get to bring it. it in for a hug. I probably wouldn't have gotten it if Primus hadn't covered that song. Frank Zappa didn't cover it? No. He was dead. He was dead. He was warm food. Yes. Good. (laughs) Damn. (laughs) Uh, Susan Sloan's here as Bonnie. Uh, The talented Eric Edwards. And I think that I would be remiss to not bring up The Hook. Played by Tony Perez. Yes. Um, did we... Okay, so did we, when we were going through one of those old AVN uh, magazines, go through some, like, trivia questions where yes. maybe the hook was mentioned? I believe it might have been. We would have to go back, and I have to go back and find that episode because I don't... Yeah, I don't remember what episode it would have even been. It might have been on the... might have even been on the Jeopardy! Patreon but it could have been uh, it could have been anywhere. But the hook, yeah, uh, he's legend, and today we're, we're going to see him with our own eyes. Yes, and also don't forget that Roberta Findlay d- plays the voice of Bonnie's mother in this film. Yeah. She hollers out. When I heard her voice, I immediately knew <laughs> who it was without looking. Yeah, no. but uh, IMDb confirmed it for certain. Uh, it's hard to forget a voice like that once you. Heard it narrate an entire film. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that uh, that about does it to set the stage for anyone but my husband. We'll relinquish things over to Roberta herself to take us down this wonderful path uh, through my summary, I guess. Uh, <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> uh, so we'll take a quick break and then we'll be back to talk more about anyone but my husband. I thought we were going to get her as a guest, maybe. Oh. <laughs> this is really very embarrassing, Dr. Malcolm. I've never been to see a psychiatrist before. 
but Sylvia's... Yes, that's right. Nothing to fear when you sit in here. Now, why do you think your husband won't touch you? Because I'm too old. You don't look very old. How old are you, Nora? You don't understand. I'm 22. We married when I was 16. But my husband, well, he has this hang-up. He likes young girls. Well, I can understand that. I like them myself. <laughs> That's what social media will do to you. Yeah, it'll melt your brain. It'll melt your brain and fucking rock your hole. <laughs> if you let it get too close. Well, you don't want to get your hole rocked. No. At least without your permission. Yeah, you usually just would like a little little check-in first before someone rocks your hole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just but, a little understanding that your hole's about to get rocked. Yeah, and with that, listeners, I uh, hope you've consented. Boss, rock our holes. All right, so... <laughs> Uh, we open on a paper mobile hanging in uh, in a room, and we pan across a room that seems to belong to a child. We then pan down to Arbola getting a blowjob. This is Sam, and uh, he's being blown by Bonnie. We get a cutaway to a sausage being inserted into a chicken by a woman's hands. Yes. Sam is yelling, I can't wait, I'm coming! And then moments later, no, hold on, hold on! Uh, as we see more footage of this meal being prepared, we see that it's C.J. Lang who's playing Nora. Yes. She's uh, jamming some veggies in this uh, chicken or turkey or bird of whatever sort it is. Yeah, it looks very unappealing uncooked. Yeah, it does. But you're, that's good, because you're not supposed to eat it. When it's not cooked. Mm. That's nature working as design. That's your brain telling you don't eat this raw chicken. Okay. Well, meanwhile... What about uh, the sausage? Can I eat that? Yeah. Okay. You're allowed to eat the sausage out of the raw chicken. I can eat as much raw sausage as I want. (laughs) Well, while this chicken's getting stuffed, uh, Sam's cock is getting stuffed into Bonnie's mouth. Yeah. After a bit, Bonnie straddles Sam and sucks him a bit, then mounts him reverse cowgirl. Nora continues to cook in her kitchen, and we see her, wearing only an apron, mm-hmm. put the bird in the oven and uh, carry some wine glasses and hors d'oeuvres over to a table. Meanwhile, Sam is yelling about missing that virgin pussy for 15 years. Yeah. So, I think I got a little bit confused as to what he was yelling about. But later, it's confirmed that uh, Bonnie, who he's with here, is uh, 15 years old. Yes. Um, So I think maybe he was actually saying that he misses 15-year-old virgin pussy or something. Yes, that's exactly what he's saying. Okay. Cracked it. Okay. (laughs) Uh, He's a bad person. Yeah, he is not a good person in this movie, no. Uh, Nora answers the phone at home, noting Sam should be home any moment. He's at a teacher's conference, at least she believes. This man should not be a teacher. Uh, whoever's on the other end seems to be doubting her as she starts to get annoyed with him, you know, saying that she believes him. Mm-hmm. But meanwhile, Sam is getting his cock ridden. I'm gonna fill you up, you bitch, he says. <laughs> we see Nora looking at herself naked in the mirror, saying, You don't stand a chance tonight, Sam. As we see him getting blown more by Nora. Yeah, this whole thing is happening to uh, bluegrass music. <laughs> yeah, I think that's so, important to note. Yeah, it's very lively. Uh, I don't... Uh, it's not something you hear a lot in pornography. Outside of maybe like Big Abner. <laughs> right. I don't even know if that had bluegrass. I don't remember at this point. But it made me feel at home. Because we're from Kentucky. It's the bluegrass state. No? Yeah. Well, in all domestic manner, Nora sits this bird on the table, nice and cooked now. Good. It looks much better. Yeah, I would eat it now. Meanwhile, Sam's continuing to uh, fuck. He says, you're going to be full of my semen, you little cunting bitch, you twat. Damn. (laughs) He is the worst. Yeah, she has Yogi Bear sheets, or at least pillowcases. Wonderful. Yeah. Bonnie strokes Sam's cock and finishes him off as he screams that he's coming. Nora, in a transparent dress, says, 
here's to our new beginning, and walks out of the dining room. Meanwhile, we see Bonnie's face completely coated in Sam's load. We cut back to Nora, who's putting on a record, and then back to Sam and Bonnie. Bonnie's laying in bed and pulls out a bottle of Smirnoff. Sam yells at her, telling her she's too young for that. Ha, I get and that's it. when we find out that she's 15. Yes. She's also holding an oversized lollipop, as one does when you're pretending to be a child. Yeah, 15-year-olds love giant fucking lollipops. (laughs) She tells him, you've got to be kidding. She starts to jabber on and says that she always wanted to fuck the history teacher. So Sam is apparently her history teacher. Yeah. It's at that point that Bonnie's mother comes home. We hear Roberta Finley screaming, yelling, asking why Bonnie's door is shut. Sam is forced to climb out a window and onto a fire escape. Bonnie begins to fake cry, and then we cut to Sam climbing down the fire escape. Then we get her mom's voiceover saying that that man's going to pay, and he sa- she says something about him not being able to walk again, but also something about him going to jail. Yeah, well, if he's in there and he's a child molester, they're going to fucking break his legs. That is true. I couldn't tell if she was fake crying to like pretend she had been raped or if she was laughing. Yeah, at first I thought she was laughing, but afterwards it seemed like she was crying. Yeah, it, it it sort of changed tone like through the thing. Maybe they did the cut and they were like, let's do both and we'll see which one looks better. And then they just, just spliced them together. Yeah. <laughs> we get some shaky cam footage of Sam running down the sidewalk. We cut back to the home and we see the bird on the table. And Nora is joined by Sam. Nora is trying to have a fun night and celebrate, and Sam is being crappy and tells her to knock it off and complains about how hard it is to work with those kids. Why doesn't he want his hot wife? I don't know, because he's... Oh, it it gets explained. It gets explained, but that was my <laughs> note at the time. Yeah. I was like, why doesn't he want his hot wife? Yeah, that's that's a good question. He's being filmed. There were two films. He's in Anyone But My Wife, <laughs> and she's in Anyone But My Husband. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're only getting, like, one side of what's going on here. Yeah, we need to know both sides of this. Yeah. I want a Rashomon-type film of anyone (laughs) but my spouse, you know? Yeah, I think that that, that's a good project. Yeah, we can see it also from that, uh, her friend's side, too. We could do something like... Yeah. Yeah. We could do something like Run Coyote Run. Yeah. Where we take the footage from this movie... And then shoot new stuff for the other perspectives of it, but like mix it together with the old footage. I think that would be perfect. <laughs> I think it's a project we've been waiting for. Yes. Well, I'm going to work on the script. You keep telling us about this one. Well, Sam grabs a mouthful of chicken or whatever it is off of the bird and shoves it in his mouth. Nora follows him into the bedroom where he complains about having to pay for champagne on a high school teacher's salary as he gets directly into bed and under the covers. Nora asks if she's gotten too old for him, and he says, yeah, she got old in all the wrong places. Uh Uh-oh. What does that mean? (laughs) Pussy's all fucking busted. (laughs) Oh, I I guess that is probably it. Yeah, I don't know. know. It's not virgin tight anymore like he likes. He yells at her that her body got older, but her brain never got past the third grade anyway. Damn, he's so fucking harsh. He yells at her to turn off the light. Nora then walks over to him, pulls the cigar out of his mouth, and sits it down in an ashtray for him, and then turns off the light and leaves the room. She walks into the bathroom, and holding the bottle of champagne that they were going to share, she pops it open and starts to chug it as she slides off the dress she was wearing. She then pours some champagne on her body, and then, more specifically, starts to pour it onto her vagina as we get a crazy close-up of her fingering herself. Mm -hmm. As uh, champagne pours through it. Yes. uh, Very, very tasteful and artful. This film is full of close-ups. There's a lot of close-ups. Yeah, we love close-ups. We do love close-ups. I like seeing what they're working with. Yeah. Yeah. Then we watch as 
Nora begins to fuck herself with the neck of the champagne bottle, which seems to result in major queefing. Uh, certainly, but... Uh, the air suction situation here has to be difficult. Uh, I think probably less so, because it seems like there's still like liquid in the bottle. Okay. Uh, if it's empty, definitely you want to be more careful. I think that can create like a real vacuum-type situation. Right. But I think if you got some fluid in there, it's not going to create the same type of... Uh, a nightmare suction situation, sure. you know? Right. Um, or you just leave the cork in. I don't know, man. That's another way. I don't know. This We need to do more research at the Raincoat Institute. Yeah, we need some volunteer holes. <laughs> <laughs> if you've got a volunteer hole, just uh, yeah. message us on Twitter you if can it write still it. exists. <laughs> yeah, if it still exists whenever this comes out. Uh, you can send us a check. No. We'll send you a check. No, no one's getting paid. These are volunteer <laughs> holes. You can write them off on your taxes. There we go. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot how volunteer voluntary stuff worked for a moment. <laughs> she continues to stuff herself with the champagne for a bit, and we get some wide shots of her leaning back, along with some uh, close-ups of the penetration and her facial reactions. She stands up more upright and continues to fuck herself with the bottle. In the close-ups, we see that there's a label on the neck that says, Be careful at the top. And I think this message was never so apt. Yeah, it was, it was, it was disregarded. Nora leans back and fucks herself more with the bottle, then uses her fingers to play with herself as she pours more champagne onto herself. And she seems to get off pretty good as this is going on. Yeah, I uh... This is good stuff. This is the kind of stuff I like to see in a pornography film. Yeah, it's uh, it's unique. Yeah, you don't see it too much, you know? And yeah. when it happens, wow. When it happens with a star like C.J. Lang, wow. Wow, indeed. Wow. It's like uh, it's like when they gave Peaches that enema. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was a lovely moment in film history. Yeah, it's like that. And like all of the enemas and water power. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, this is this is the opposite of that. Um, Desiree Casto. Yes. It came to me once I started doodling a little bit. <laughs> we get more close-ups of her legs and crotch dripping champagne as she takes a few more swigs. We see her drop to the floor as we fade out. We cut to Nora at the psychiatrist's office, taking tissues from the largest Kleenex box ever made. You think that's like... Uh... A sight gag, or you think that's something they actually sold at one point? I don't know. It looked like it wasn't real. Yeah. It's a, it's just a goof. Because he's like a psychiatrist, and there's always fucking weepy ladies coming in. I got problems, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, oh, boy. I need an industrial gallon of tissues. Does this guy have a name? Dr. Malcolm. It's Dr. Malcolm, played by Robert Combs. Yes. Nora explains to him that she thinks she's too old, uh, and the psychiatrist doesn't understand, Dr. Malcolm, but she says she's 22 now, but they were 16 when they got together, and her husband, she says, likes little girls. Sure does. (laughs) I said, uh, and then the doctor says, well, I do too, and I was like, uh... Yeah, uh, well, it uh, was in 1975. Yeah. They didn't know pedophiles existed yet. <laughs> they hadn't figured that out, really. But Dr. Malcolm explains this isn't her fault, and that things like this happen with couples all the time who've been together for a long time. He tells her to be subjective. Don't try to find the problem, just solve it, which doesn't make any damn sense to me. He then suggests that she should cheat on her husband, to prove that men still like her. He tells her that her husband is probably cheating on her anyway. <laughs> He's right. I mean, he is, for sure. I bet in the composite picture we make, they're going to both go to Dr. Malcolm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. He's the orchestrator behind all this on our film, and uh, that's why he ends up getting, like, brutally murdered at the end. <laughs> right. We, we might change that. I'm still, like, I'm over here, like, first draft stuff you know i I got you yeah yeah i'm live writing it as we go like as you explain the film like well here's what it'll be this here's what it'll be that Um, i like this this is how more pictures need to be made yeah 
What a pretty picture it is. She asks Dr. Malcolm how she's supposed to cheat on her husband anyway, and he tells her it would be unethical for him to tell her how. What? (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's fair. It's ethical for him to just straight up tell her to cheat on her husband. Yes. Not even, like, just discuss her bringing up the idea or, like, maybe even say that it's something that she could do, but he just straight up tells her to cheat on her husband, but he won't offer her any other advice about how to do so, because that is unethical. I'm glad he draws a line somewhere, I guess. <laughs> um, but I think in this case, he's already violated that, that non the Star Trek thing, the protocol where they don't like interfere. The Prime Directive, I believe it is. Yeah, that fucking shit. Yes, that they can't interfere with uh, an existing society. Kirk hits his head and fucks up like so many societies in every f- episode. Yeah, he does. <laughs> but he's already violated that Prime Directive. Uh, so I think he should give her help. But also, at the same time, maybe he has like a Bushido code kind of that he sticks to. I guess. In either case, I'm going to make a call and to the APA and see about getting his credentials removed because of his comments about children. <laughs> you probably should. We cut to Nora doing laundry and talking uh, to Sylvia. Do you think the scene cuts off suddenly? I feel like he's still talking and it just kind of, or he starts to say something and it just goes. Uh, that might be, yeah. Okay. I mean, I'm I think surprised. that there was some rough editing in this film. Oh, for sure. We cut to Nora doing laundry, and she's talking to her friend Sylvia about her conversation with the therapist. So, Sylvia is played by Jennifer Jordan. Sylvia talks about how they need to figure this out, noting that she needs to look for an affair of her own, uh, because her husband will only have sex with her on Sundays. He's a poet or something? He's a poet, and it be he says something about it being like gauche to do it on the weekdays or something like that yeah most poets pack the semen retention to uh get the creative juices flowing and they can only release like once a week (laughs) okay and the rest of the week they have to be composing verse and such i guess i guess that makes sense i've never been much of a poet yeah i've I've been spilling my seed way too much yeah every time i think about writing a poem i masturbate instead (laughs) And it's kept me sane. <laughs> and it's kept you from becoming a poet, thankfully. Yeah. Could you imagine if I was a poet? No. <laughs> you think I couldn't? I wrote that. I wrote the driller rap. That's true. But it was kind of based on something someone else had already done. Yeah. Uh, maybe I'll write a poem. I'm scrapping the script. I'm going to write a poem. I think you can jack off and be a rapper. Okay. That's fine. I'm going to stick with it then. Yeah, rappers fuck and jack off. Yeah, the Snoop Dogg. Yeah, Snoop Dogg just gets high and jacks off all day, I'm sure. Yeah. Or has his load spilled for him. Yeah, he has probably, like, he's got a joint roller, and I think he had that umbrella man for a while, so it's definitely probably someone who just jacks him off. He has the dog pound, which is his, his harem. Yeah, and he has a dog house where he takes them, where he goes when he needs... To spill his seed. <laughs> so all in all, it's better to be a rapper than a poet. Yes. Sylvia says that they'll seek out an artistic type first. Nora, meanwhile, is still hesitant about this idea. But we cut to Nora and Sylvia going to a gallery together where they meet Nigel, played by Beerbon Tree. Mm-hmm. Uh, he owns the gallery. And... Uh, Nigel is very intrigued by Nora when introduced by Sylvia. After welcoming them to the gallery and kissing Nora's hand, he leads them around a bit. Nigel talks about how everything's art and suggests that he could turn Nora herself into art. Sylvia fucks off now, and Nigel asks Nora to come with him. Nigel dismisses everyone from the gallery for the night and sends everybody home. Nigel asks Nora to undress, which she is reluctant to do. As she starts to protest, he then begins to grab her wrists and chain her to the hoops hanging from the ceiling and tells her that uh, she doesn't have to scream. 
After all, the room is soundproofed. So, Beerbond Tree is in like five movies. And we've looked at like three of them. And in two of them, he has a room to uh, bind and do things to women. Yeah. What makes you think about that, about British people in particular? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But no, this precedes uh, the naughty Victorians, right? think so like it's it's pretty close around here i think naughty victorians might be uh 76 uh naughty victorians is also 75 so same year i'm not sure what the release order is interesting that is interesting that must be the year the beer bone tree got his uh torture chamber yeah he set up his first uh dungeon and he was like in late 74 yeah he's like i can make a living out of this (laughs) (laughs) yeah i don't know that's very strange uh so yeah he is apparently a sex predator he undresses her as uh, she struggles he tells her to scream twist and burn help me create my new masterpiece wait no it's he tells her to scream Twist and turn. Help me create my new masterpiece. I like twist and burn better. <laughs> he elevates her. No, that's a poet's line. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I'm going to write it down. Twist and burn. Yeah, that's a poem I'm writing. He elevates her, and we watch as she screams. Never, and... It's about how you never believed in me. <laughs> and how you're going to suffer for it. Damn it. <laughs> Twist and burn, stupid boss. Twist and burn, and maybe some frost. (laughs) (laughs) Nora's thrashing around in the chains. Nigel encourages her to keep screaming and struggling. He tells her she's his work of art as he picks up a whip. Then he pulls her dress down and begins to whip her as she screams out. This continues for a few... And she finally stops struggling and yeah. just sobs. There's no real whipping in it. It seems like it's all yes. like the close cut, like of like POV of like a guy with like a belt. Yeah, you've seen a lot of films, which is fine. I feel Beerbone plays a more, uh, a more gentle sex predator than someone like Jamie Gillis, even when he's whipping someone. I think it's that that. Uh, it's a, do you think it's the British accent? I think it's the British accents and the uh, the the temperament. Yeah. The way that he's carrying himself. Yeah, he's not like furious. This is just like his creative process. I think it's it's the whole thing where he is his general conduct beyond what he's doing, uh the way he's carrying himself is that of a gentleman. Yeah. Like obviously what he's doing isn't gentlemanly. No. But the way he's going about it is a of that sort of presentation. Yeah, Marcus of Queensbury rules. <laughs> right? And it's different than Jamie Gillis's just straight up sex predator play. Yeah, that's fair. It's fun to look at it from different angles. It is. All this sex predation. <laughs> oh, 70s porn, you're so problematic. Yeah, you're real trouble. Nigel eventually unchains her and tells her to know the ecstasy of greatness, know the ultimate pleasure of pain. Yeah. Nora's on a mattress on the floor now, and Nigel gets on top of her and begins to make out with her and caress her breasts. He works his way down, kissing her chest, and then begins to go down on her. This goes on for a minute, and then we move on to Nora blowing Nigel, taking his cock deep into her mouth and throat. We see the two pleasuring each other with their hands as they make out, and then we move on to Nigel fucking her doggy style, and then Nora riding his cock cowgirl. We then see a shot of Nora writhing on top of Nigel with her pubes seemingly covered in cum now, although we didn't actually see the alleged wet shot. Yeah, I do. I think some of the cum in this film might be faked. Oh, no. I've got to put on my CSI goggles. <laughs> oh. It's, it's cum stain investigations. <laughs> <laughs> Nigel says Nora had the perfect amount of fear for him and invites her back the next day at three for more inspiration. She leaves without saying anything, grabbing her clothes and walking out as Nigel's calling her name. 
We then cut to Nora and Sam talking. He's going out of town for a week for work and suggests that Nora should go to her mother's. Sam gets annoyed that Nora didn't say that she was going to miss him or ask where he's staying. He stomps off annoyed, uh, yelling out about the color of the walls. Yeah, she did repaint them to be, like, real red. Yeah. And uh, there's a big poster, a big framed newspaper that says, Nixon quits tonight. (laughs) So I think if Naughty Victorians weren't a period piece, we could maybe figure out which came first, mostly by uh, headline clippings, perhaps. <laughs> like if perhaps. they're like, yeah, they're like if in like Naughty Victorians, he was reading a paper and it was like Nixon in trouble. We know it came first, <laughs> right? Well, uh, yeah, the last thing they needed was to have the walls painted red, as red is known to incite uh, aggression. <laughs> Sylvia then joins Nora. Apparently Sam has left. Sylvia is excited to hear what happened with Nora and Nigel. Nora mentions she was whipped, and this intrigues Sylvia. She admits that she did find it exciting, but when Sylvia asks if she's going to see Nigel again, Nora says no and adds that she wants to make love, not go to the hospital. Nora tells Sylvia that Sam will be gone for a week, so she'll have plenty of time for herself while he's gone. We then cut to Nora with Eric Edwards, who is credited as Nora's picnic date. Mm-hmm. He's a poet. He is a poet. And perhaps this is a Sunday date. Yeah, it must be. He's talking about them being the souls of spring to come. Uh, He's being very flowery with his language as he's talking with her. I didn't write down much of it, but this picnic date is definitely on a studio set. Uh, You can see, like, the side of the astroturf on the floor. Yeah, it doesn't look real at all, but uh, I kind of like it. He's talking about Lord Byron and Longfellow as he's reaching under Nora's dress and beginning to rub her ass, pulling down her panties. We cut to Nora blowing her date. She sucks and strokes him a bit. After a bit, Nora holds her leg up and her date mounts and begins to fuck her. She moans as he pounds away for a bit and he pins both of her legs back and spends some time really laying some pipe. We get a lot of close-up penetration shots and close-up shots of Nora's face reacting to this. After a bit, Nora's date pulls out and comes on her pubes. He makes a really over-the-top face, and Nora laughs a bit. We then cut to them eating. Well, really, it's just Eric eating. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He talks about how they're destined to be together and pleads with her to marry him. She tells him that she knew he was nuts and insults the set that they're on. Nora then looks at the camera and asks if there are any sane men left. She walks off as her date continues to demand that she marry him. Broke, she broke the whole fourth wall. She did. She looked right at us and it chilled me. No, I, I was fine. Uh, but it is, did she say it's a set? She said, uh, yeah, she said this set. Okay. Maybe it was something he'd cooked up. Perhaps. Or maybe we're getting like a very strange piece of meta movie commentary here. I don't know. The maybe false they got construction to, of it all. I don't know. Maybe they got to the end of shooting this, and Roberta Finley was like, "Yeah, this is gonna look fake as shit." So maybe we just shoot a shot where she's calling it out, so we don't look that incompetent. I like it. Either way it went, I think it. Uh, I enjoyed it. <laughs> I think that I enjoyed it. We cut to Nora and Sylvia. Nora asks what she has to do to find a normal man. She mentions she's starting to feel like she loves Sam more. Sylvia tells her that she can't give up. So Sylvia asks Nora if she's ever had her fortune read and suggests a friend she knows. Nora is hesitant after her last encounter with one of Sylvia's friends, but Sylvia says she'll be there with her and encourages her to go. So we cut to Sylvia and Nora at a table with the fortune teller. They've got a crystal ball. She starts and stops uh, explaining her vision, the fortune teller. Uh, This is Madame Cheney. She first says that she sees two men, then one man who is 13 feet tall. No, he's not tall. He's long. 13 inches long. Good God. Who could this giant 
Or possibly Tiny Man B. <laughs> the ladies giggle. The fortune teller says he's called El Gancho, the hook. Oh, she says the crystal tells her that he's here now. The fortune teller then drags the hook in by his giant hog. Mm-hmm. It is a huge hog. It bends downward. There's a reason it's called the hook, I believe. Yes. Uh, they do get that big that they bend downward sometimes. Yeah, it's too much weight. Yeah. Having a dick that big goes against God's plan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. So it's pointed downwards towards hell. <laughs> <laughs> Madame Cheney places his cock in Sylvia's hand and suggests that she take him into another room. Sure enough, we watch as Sylvia and the hook, naked, climb into a waterbed together. Mm-hmm. And Sylvia begins to blow him. I think the... The main couple, uh, Arbola and uh, C.J. Lang characters, mm-hmm. I think they're on the same waterbed with different sheets because yeah, they don't I really fuck, so. but you see like the bed moving in a way that's uh, not spring-powered. Yeah, I think you're right. Waterbeds. When did they invent those? I should I should look that up. Yeah, I think at the end of the movie, I recognize that she like laid back on the bed and it was a waterbed. So it's probably the same waterbed with different sheets. Yeah, they had to be more expensive than in 1975 than in 19 whenever I had one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the fortune teller says to Nora that she now sees two women, you and me. 1968 was when they invented the waterbed. <laughs> just in time to get in there really get people fucking like crazy <laughs> Nora says that that can't be but the fortune teller says that it's written in the stars we see Nora and the fortune teller in another room and Nora's hesitant as she's never been with a woman before but the fortune teller is insistent meanwhile we watch Sylvia work the hook itself with her mouth Nora and Madame Cheney in a bathtub uh, begin to caress each other, and Madame Cheney goes down on Nora. We cut back and forth between these oral scenes. After a bit, we watch Sylvia begin to ride the hook cowgirl on the waterbed. Mm-hmm. Uh, meanwhile, the hook, the gentleman, seems to be laughing like a madman. <laughs> they switch to reverse cowgirl as... Uh, Madam Cheney continues to go down on Nora in the tub. Mm, she this, has to be getting soap in her mouth. This is all going on to like uh, the Blue Danube waltz as well. Oh yes, yes, yes. I wonder if they just picked up a copy of the like 2001 Space Odyssey soundtrack and just <laughs> got some stuff off of there. Because there's some like uh, there's some like classical like music that sounds like it's played both like synthesizers, and I wonder if that's uh. Wendy Carlos, who did uh, the Clockwork Orange soundtrack and some other stuff for Kubrick. Okay. Uh, and she also had released like some albums, like called like the Switched on Bach and stuff like that, where she like electrified uh, classical music. Okay. And, and a trans icon, uh, and possibly these are her songs, or at least uh, one later in the film is. Well, that's pretty rad. Yeah, it's all great. As far as, you know, music that you're going to steal, it sounds like good stuff to choose. Yeah. I did, rec- I did like, at one point stop and be like, oh, okay, this is a very often used classical song that I can't place yeah. because I don't know the name of any of these songs. What's nice about Vinegar Syndrome is that they do uh, include closed captions on their porno releases. Oh, yeah. So they'll have, like, if the song is on there it'll be on there sometimes oh yeah sometimes i do watch it with those on and notice that so yeah uh, one of the other notes i think there was on one of these was like wacky synthesizer music oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) madam cheney begins to finger nora really beginning to stuff several fingers in her after a bit meanwhile the hook is railing sylvia doggy style Madam Cheney, after a bit, is working her whole fist into Nora at this mm-hmm. point. This is quite a fist. And Madam Cheney definitely games the ball to be able to fist her like clients yeah. in this hot tub, <laughs> That's right? Sh- That's for sure. Okay. Psychics are a ripoff, ladies and gentlemen. Well, there was a reason Sylvia brought her there. She knew. Oh, yeah. That's why the ultimate version of this film also has to include Sylvia's perspective. Oh, I yeah, think to yeah. really bring it all home. We gotta include the hook's perspective. <laughs> <laughs> just, 
This is going to be a five-hour movie. Just a moron laughing <laughs> maniacally while his like, huge fucking dick just plows away at someone. Yeah. Where are we going to find a hook to... Sh- we're going to have to really fucking... We have to really smudge some Vaseline on the lens to get someone's dick looking like a hook. <laughs> <laughs> we'll figure it out. We'll use prosthetics if we have to. Okay. We'll get uh, <laughs> Sam Winston or whoever the fuck, Jurassic Park, we'll get him in to do the hook for us. <laughs> we'll get Tom Savini to do the hook for us. Oh, man. He, he would be able to fucking, he'd have like an, like an air pump on that thing and it would just blast come so hard. <laughs> You fucking leaves a dent in the wall. <laughs> well, as uh, Madame Cheney's getting her whole fist into Nora, the hook is coming on Sylvia's ass and she collapses onto the bed. Madame Cheney continues to finger and fist Nora for a bit. We see the hook take off out of the bed that he was in with Sylvia, and Sylvia starts to climb out of the waterbed, but she can't walk straight. No, it's quite difficult. Because of the hook. And the hooks. She walks hook. <laughs> she walks off slowly and moans. Back in the tub, the hook joins Madame Cheney and Nora. Madame Cheney tells Nora to suck his cock and she does. The hook is again laughing like a maniac. Sylvia looks in and watches as Nora's really swallowing this whole hog. It's very impressive. Oh, yeah, her deep throat skills are uh, very impressive in this film. And they I guess they were in Barbara Broadcast, too, which is probably why that film was so oral-focused. Yeah. But, uh, man, she really goes to town here. Wonderful work. Yeah. Standing ovation for C.J. Lang. I would have stood up in the theater. <laughs> uh, <laughs> one of the IMDb reviews... Uh, God, it okay, so let me interject real okay. quick. Going off of what you just said, it just makes me think of when I was growing up, my stepdad really liked Star Trek, and I remember like in the like late 90s, they had like the next generation Star Trek movies coming out, and I remember going to a theater to see one of them on like opening night, yeah, and how like. When like a like a big like the bad guy ship blew up at the end or whatever, like everybody like cheered and clapped, <laughs> and uh, that probably happens with like superhero movies and stuff. Oh, if I'm you sure, go on yeah. opening night, I don't um, know. I've not tried to go to the opening of a movie in a long time. No, the last time I went to an opening of a film was uh, Attack of the Clones, and that's been almost twenty years. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So, uh, but yeah, it, that... No, not but, Attack of the Clones. Uh, the one after that, Revenge of the Sith. Yes. Yeah, we went... I graduated that year, and it came out, like, right around that time, so we went, like, opening night, and then I was like, man, this movie is fucking cool as hell. <laughs> I saw it, like, four or five times in theaters. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, and today I'm like, man, this is almost unwatchable. <laughs> but, you know... At least it's not Attack of the Clones. Yeah, I fell asleep in that one, and it was... I've never stayed awake through it since, as we've discussed... Yes. Yeah, uh, but one of the IMDb reviews for this film says uh, they went to see it in the theater. Like, okay, yeah. But that like some of the scenes with the hook had been cut because the projectionist had apparently just decided to take them for his private collection, <laughs> which seems to have happened a lot. <laughs> yeah, I've I've read about that sort of thing happening with uh, movies. Like there were some things where the like. They would try to censor things right. by cutting stuff out, but like there were also just projectionists that would steal shit. Yeah, they're like, yeah, like the best gore shots or the yeah. best like uh, wet shots, I guess. Yeah, too. Um, it makes sense. You don't have like a, you can't watch it the way you can now. It's nineteen seventy six. You're not going to see a hook again for a long fucking time. Yeah. Well, and some maybe never if they didn't if they saw it then and didn't see this release. Yeah. Well, the point that I was making by throwing back to the Star Trek movies in the theater was, I just imagine going to see a porno on opening night, and and, and (laughs) there being, like, the whole theater standing up and clapping for this deep throat scene. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) People crying. (laughs) (sighs) God. Tearing up in respect for C.J. Lang, tearing up as she took the 13 yeah. inches of the hook in her throat. 
Yeah, people salute. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we have tributes for the troops, but really we should be having tributes for the porn stars. Yeah. Well, they have those. They're called cum tributes. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, uh, moving on. We see the hook finishing in Nora's mouth, with the load spilling out in great abundance. Yeah. Nora sucks it a bit more, and Madame Cheney also sucks his cock more. We see Nora and Sylvia, then. Sylvia can't walk right anymore as she's walking home. No, neither of them can, and they've got uh, exaggerated, like, the way my throat does are. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I just, I just suck. Uh, foot long down my throat uh, stuck yes so we <laughs> I, i'm gonna do this voice for the stop rest of it the podcast. <laughs> do not <laughs> we see nora talking to her psychiatrist she feels a little guilty about her dalliances but she feels alive she says the psychiatrist says this is all tied to the relationship with her father he notes that she has hysterical laryngitis and blames it on that relationship with her father despite it definitely being thrashed by the giant cock and indeed she responds hysterical laryngitis my ass if you had just given head to 13 and a half inches you'd be hoarse too she finally stops him from talking calling him a textbook and she walks out as he continues to ramble about oedipal complexes we then cut to Sam, who is spending time with Abby. Probably a child. Yes, probably. He drunkenly calls Nora to no positive reaction. Sam and Abby are covered in streamers, and Sam has a party hat on. And it seems to be New Year's again, maybe? Perhaps. It's not said explicitly, but it would make sense by the decorations. Yeah, unless it was a herp. Her birthday party, like her, like, <laughs> Kinsian era. <laughs> Sam keeps calling Abby Nora, even as he's going down on her in various positions. Abby then begins to call Sam Charlie, but Sam gets upset, and he eventually threatens to bite her clit off if she keeps calling him Charlie. So she starts calling him Sam, even though he's still calling her Nora. We see Sam standing and fucking her from behind for a bit, then cut to Abby sucking Sam's cock. She spends some time licking and sucking his balls as we get a lot of close-ups of the action. They switch to 69ing for a bit, and we get some close-ups of both of them giving oral. Then Abby begins to ride Sam reverse cowgirl. After a bit, Sam slides his cock out and begins to come. Abby turns around and licks and sucks it more, and licks up his cum. We, yummy, yummy, yummy. <laughs> we cut to Nora at home, walking around in an open button-up shirt with nothing else on. She lays down in the bed, that water bed you pointed out. And just as she does, Sam walks in and tries to begin to make love to her, yeah. saying that he's been neglecting her and apologizing. But Nora, in turn, says that she's too tired. She tells him that she's had a busy day and throws in that he brought wine but didn't bring any caviar. She criticizes him for thinking that he could just show up whenever and her body would just be waiting for him. She finally tells him to go away and turn off the light, just as Sam had told her earlier in the film. Yeah. Sam slinks off and shuts the door and then walks into the bathroom and shuts the door as the screen turns black. All comes full circle. We then get our closing title card. A drawing of a guy with a giant cock stroking it while sitting on a toilet. He's wearing glasses and smoking a cigar. Uh, this doesn't look like Sam at all. But I think it's supposed to be. It says, the end with a question mark. And then it says, or the beginning with a question mark. It keeps you guessing, that's for sure. And that uh, was anyone but my husband. <laughs> I like the hook. It was quite a hook. Yeah. I want to fucking... I want to smack it real hard. <laughs> I want to go, bam, like down on it. And just see like how much it bounces. <laughs> I bet like a lot. 
Like somebody jumping off the end of a diving board? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I ain't got to slap it. I could just like hold it down and just be like... <laughs> right. Um, that's my major impression of the film. Okay. Well, we'll take a quick break and then we'll be back to give our final thoughts on anyone but my husband. I see a man. I see a man entering your life. I see a man who's more than a man. I see two men. No, I see a man who is 13 feet high. No, 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 he's not high. He's long. Yes, that is it, a man who is 13 inches long. He's 13 inches long. Oh, it is heaven. And he is called... He is called... El Goncho, yes. El Goncho. Now, what does that mean? I don't know, it's cloudy, I can't see. Oh, come on, bring him back, come on. Yes, yes, it, it is getting clearer now, I see. It means the schnook. <laughs> no, 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 that cannot be. Yeah. I look again, it means, uh, it means the hook. Yes, he is called the hook. And the crystal tells me that he is here now. Yeah, we're going to pop open the trunk Just have a bunch of repackaged baby bells in there (laughs) baby bell shells full of spray cheese (laughs) we've been doing a lot of cheese um kind of like r&d during the break a little bit of cheese play (laughs) it's not play it's work i guess so it's right yeah uh jeremy suggested that i take a slice of cheese and spray some of the spray cheese in it and then fold it over and eat that and i did that and it was a lot of cheese how do you feel? Full of cheese. <laughs> for better or for worse, full of cheese. That's good. I've been eating your country club crackers because you're so rich you can afford clacker, crackers just for the club. Yes, uh, that are store brand. Doesn't matter. <laughs> yes, continue to chew into the microphone. <laughs> That's good podcasting right there. <laughs> Let's do the raincoat review. <laughs> All right. Well, Jeremy, let's do the raincoat review since you're the one whose mouth is full of crackers right now. No, it isn't. It's empty. <laughs> it really isn't. Still. <laughs> and, but uh, I really like this film. Uh, for Roberta Findlay, it was uh, it had a pretty full uh, story arc, I would say. Like, okay. you get... Uh, the tale of a woman who's been scorned, who goes out and makes her own way in life and uh, decides she doesn't have to take that kind of thing anymore. Yeah. So you do get like a, a nice full character arc for it, which is uh, always nice in a porn narrative when that can easily go awry or lead nowhere. Right. Or as I thought it might, like right back to where she started when she started soft talking. But uh, Roberta threw a curveball at me. Yeah. <laughs> and it got me right in the temple. Uh, yeah, I was worried when she was like, oh, I'm starting to feel like I might love Sam more now. And I was like, oh, no, this, oh, no. this yeah. better not be the direction we're going. Yeah, there's some uh, there's obviously some rough editing and some stuff like that, because it is, after all, a Roberta Findlay film. Right. But I found myself really enjoying it. I really like the characters that are introduced. Uh, Sam's a perfect scumbag. Yeah. Uh, I, I like Nora as a... Uh, as I said earlier, someone who really kind of gets a chance to develop and come out of her shell more or less through this film. Yeah. Um, I like her wise ass friend, Sylvia. Yeah. Yeah. Just leading her into different situations. Uh, you got a, a nice supporting cast of characters like, uh, Madam Cheney and the hook. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, Nigel. Yes. Of Nigel, of course. There's a, like you said at the beginning, a, a nice assortment of talent through here. Uh, I would say, uh, this is a, a musically, even there's some nice stuff. Uh, it starts with bluegrass and ends with some, uh, some electronic classical doodling. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it really takes you on a ride throughout it. Uh, I, I personally enjoyed this film quite a bit. I would give it a nice strong four. Okay. Yeah. I thought the. 
the sex was all very nicely done. Um, the The story comes full circle, and I'm just very happy about that. Okay. I'm happy that there's like a character arc for uh, our main person, for uh, for our protagonist, as they would call it in the theater school. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, um, it's just a joy to watch. I, uh, I found myself consistently pleased with what was happening on screen. I didn't... It was very entertained, and it's it's a pretty short film too. It's just over an hour, but in that time, uh, it takes a, a familiar story and tells it well. Okay, and uh, with some exceptional performances by C.J. Lang. All right, yeah, for sure. Yeah, you know, listening to you talk may uh, have made me adjust my output here. Uh, yeah, so- my. May uh, may have made me adjust my outlook here. Yes. Um, I think this film is interesting. Uh-huh. I think that the performances are to par with what is being done here, which isn't too deep or complicated, but is uh, you know a good excuse for some dirty stuff to happen on screen, which mm-hmm. is what we like in movies. Yes, yes. I think that, you know, C.J. Lang in particular is perfect in her role, and uh, Arbola is perfect in his role. <laughs> uh, he is a scumbag. Yeah. Um. You know, we have Nora's friend Sylvia, who Jennifer Jordan does a good job portraying as kind of a... Kind of like just a, just a wild a, one. Yeah, just like a bohemian yeah. wild one, you know? She's married to a poet. She smokes from a, a big, long cigarette holder. Yeah. She's just cool. And, uh, <laughs> and she can take a hook. She can take a hook, and she is uh, she's very attractive. Mm-hmm. I think that overall, I don't know that it connected with me as much as it did with you, but I have to admit that, like... Any film that has, you know, some of the stuff that this film does, uh, you know, that champagne scene was pretty unique. And uh, the whole thing with the hook is funny to me, if nothing else. Yeah. Um, I think that Sam being such an asshole is something that gets your attention, if nothing else. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's a fairly competent storyline start to finish Mm -hmm. um there's not a ton of depth to it but as a vehicle for a sex film it works it doesn't feel bolted together it feels somewhat natural right yeah Uh, there's good there's good material linking all of these different sex scenes together which is something that perhaps maybe next week's film lacks in yeah like Um, in that kind of vignette style that you that you get sometimes this one this one, I think, does a good job of linking all of those without it feeling, like, forced or maybe a little confusing. <laughs> but uh, I would say that the film didn't, like, wow me. But yeah. as far as a movie that has some things that make it unique and stand out, it does have that. So I'm going to give it three and a half stars. I think that's fair. I think you came around and you made the right decision. Like I said, the editing's a little rough. It's a... It, uh, it is nicely restored by Vinegar Syndrome, but it is a Roberta Findlay project at the end of the day. So right. there's a bit of uh, a haphazardness to it. Yes. That it can... uh, it kind of prevents it from joining like the real greats. Yeah. But uh, I think it's just a very enjoyable film with some nicely realized characters. Yeah. And uh, some very memorable sex scenes and uh, for that, I think, yeah, four, three and a half is right where it belongs. I would definitely say, check it out. <laughs> I brought back the accent. I kind of slipped into it by accident there. I think my mind is training myself to start it at the end of the show. Great. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I guess that'll be really about it for this week. Yeah. Now, if you'd like to reach us on social media, uh, currently Twitter is... Uh, 
is up. Uh, and it'll probably remain up. It might be like worse, <laughs> but it'll probably be up. So you can get it to us there. Instagram, of course, we're back on that. Uh, Gmail, raincoatreport at gmail.com. Yep. Um, at Raincoat Report at those other things, obviously. This is like the 120th something episode, so, you know, you figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'd say, you know, if you really enjoyed this episode and uh, you're into all things Hook, maybe consider uh, uh, ambling on down to patreon.com slash Report. And uh, check out this week's episode where we open up the Disney vault to uh, dust off a classic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> In the mighty Axel Braun tradition. Indeed. Uh, wow. What a, what a creator he is. Yeah. But uh, in the meantime, if you're, if you're going down to the fortune teller's place and you're going to run head to head with the hook, don't forget your raincoat. Yeah. But hooker by crook, he'll get you. <laughs> <laughs>